Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 47 of The Jetman with the Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you today? Can't complain, Matt. Dave, happy potiversary. Yeah, it's it's the centenary Yes, so you you may, not, you may not notice this, uh, dear listener, just looking at the episode number, because it only says episode 47 of The Jetman with the Golden Gun, but, but if, you, if you add everything up, this is the 100th episode of the Super Sentai Brothers. Dang, son! I know, I am, listen, I, we, we, we talk about this every time we hit any kind of milestone. I am continually astonished in the fact that we are now in the triple digits. Um, is really amazing to me. I, no, man, I'm psyched. I feel like we should have done something. I thought that this was episode 99, and I was going to oh, really? talk to you, yeah, before this. I was like, hey, for next episode, we should do, I don't know, something, but now what? it's already here. Well, let's I forgot it. our anniversary, Matt, is what I'm saying. I forgot our anniversary. I didn't get us anything. Uh, it's okay, Dave. Actually, I got us a little something. Um, I got us a weird recording <laughs> schedule, which means that we are recording way earlier than we normally do in the week. Um, oh, it's awesome. Of... Thank you so much for that. Oh, that it's, was it's so my thoughtful. Pleasure, Dave. Well, I'm going on vacation this you. weekend, so uh, <laughs> I didn't want to didn't want to leave the dear listeners without episode 100. But what that means is that we just recorded an episode like two, three days ago. And we do not have enough of an interesting life to squeeze out five stars in that many days. Yeah, just did so not do here, that much stuff. Here is what we are going to do instead. Um, as a sort of mini feature, uh, we're going to swap out our officially award-winning opening segment. And instead, we are going to hit the Creature Royale and just get through as many of these names as we can uh, before it is time to get into the episode proper. So... And besides, this is like a, like the 100th episode is very cool, but I feel like the, the big celebration will come at the end of season two, which we're kind of around that's, the corner Yeah, from. no, that's, we're, we're about to do it, and that's going to be, that's going to be another big milestone for us, Matt. So, uh, do we, let's just run through the list as it stands right now, so people okay. kind of remember where things are. Yeah, why don't you read it off for me, Dave? So, at the very top of the ranking are the Three Stooges, with General Kamikaze at the top, followed by Telephone Teacher, followed by Company President Tombstone. After that is Key Clown, who, if you will recall, steals children's souls and animates dolls. Then there's Kabuki Boy, or the Kabuki Novice, who is a kabuki dancer who manages to possess people. Heatwave Hood, who Daigo punches his way out of Heatwave Hood. Then Lipstick Songstress. Then Iron Mask Choryu, who is Ryu's father from... Die Ranger. And then the he's, three... He's Die Ranger Darth Vader. Yeah, he's Die Ranger Darth Vader. He's Die... Darth Vader? Darth Vader? I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. Uh, then we have the three jewelry priestesses. Ring priestess, necklace priestess, and earring priestess. Then Copy Empress, the Duke Trump, Purse Monk with Sweet Dunks, Drunk, Drunky Tofu Hermit, Baron String, Archbishop Saw, who is Dyth Vader's boss, kind of? Then Funeral Figurine Ventriloquist, 
Cherry Blossom Viscount. And then finally, at the bottom of the list, Father Magnet, because hoisted, he got beat by his own powers. by his own magnetic petard. <laughs> Did I tell you I actually figured out what, I found out what that actually means? Like that there's a reason no, that... Oh, I have been saying it for years. What does that actually mean? A petard is a type of like door breaching explosive that musketeers used, as in like D'Artagnan and the three... Okay. And if you didn't set the wick, but like it was, you had to attach it to the door because the whole point was to blow the door open so you could get inside and musketeer people, I guess. Mm -hmm. Sure. But if you didn't set a long enough wick or something, it would just blow up while you were there. And so it would just blow you backwards, like blow you up and away from this door. And so Ah, if you did it wrong, yeah, I mean, it was your, right. It was your explosive and it would just, you blow yourself up with your own explosive. You'd be hoisted by your own petard. So that's yeah. where that comes from. Well, thank you, Dave. Da na na. The more you know. Okay, so that's our list as it stands. Matt, what is the next person monster? What's the next monster that we're going to put on this we, list? Uh, we we've got a heavy hitter coming up next. Oh yeah. I- because the next on the list, Dave, is Jin Matoba. Oh, wait. The, Jin, Jin the Demon Fist Matoba? The Demon Fist. The Dojo Killer. Oh, man. Okay. If you guys don't remember this dude, yeah, I mean, you have to. If you listen to the show, you've got to remember Jin the Demon Fist. Points to remember about Jin. This dude carries around like a golden flippy coin with like a skull on it, and he challenges leaders of dojos to death matches. And when the match starts, he flips the coin in the air and then kills the dojo master and then catches the coin. And, like, that's his thing. Okay, and here's a very important thing to remember about uh, Jen is that that is what he is doing when the show starts before the Goma transform him into a monster. Like, he is already (laughs) such a crazy kung fu killer that, like, that is where that dude starts. And eventually what he what happens is that he gets empowered by Zydos. Yep. And Zydos tries to take control of him, but uh, nobody can control the Demon Fist. Jin at least says, for a while. Forget it. I think he punches Zydos and then just rolls off to do his own thing. And his own thing, what we find out, his own thing is having a deep, like, man rivalry with Ryo. Yes. And this, like, this ends, he eventually gets turned into, like, a bone werewolf. Uh, the, I think it's, like, the, the hung, it's, it's not Hungry Wolf, but it's something like that. I, I did know. not write it down for the purposes of this list. Yeah, but he does, he eventually gets turned into, like, some sort of bone werewolf, and he loses, like, his humanity or something, and he betrays the Goma like double betrays them I guess but he betrays the Goma and saves Ryo his rival from them and then as he's dying like fights what do they call the Kotopodo just fights Kotopodo into the sunset like he literally kung fu punches his way into the sunset it's, it's the best ending any carriage has ever had maybe ever okay so how are we going to rank Jin Matoba, the Demon Fist, Dojo Killer, Hungry Wolf. Dude, okay, my my inclination is just he just goes right to the top. I'm looking at this list. 
He's better than Key Clown. Definitely. Okay, so is he better or worse than the Three Stooges? Okay. I think, I gotta say, I think he's better. He's better, okay, because here's why. I think they're equally memorable. I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to uh, listen to this. Okay, listen. They're equally memorable. Yes. They, he looks super cool. He's got a great look. He's got a great look. Oh, by the way, um, if you did not watch those Die Ranger episodes and are watching uh, Jetman, it is the same actor who plays Emperor Tranza. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So, he's got a great look. He is equally memorable. I think one of the things that defines and makes the Three Stooges so great is their rivalry with Shoji. Jin's rivalry with Ryo is also amazing. Yeah, it's... It really is great. And what's really fun about those episodes, and I think that if we're judging based on quality of episode, which we do, um, then a big part of it is like those episodes are so great because they don't really feel like other episodes of Die Ranger. What they feel like are kung fu movies and really great kung yeah, fu movies. Really like excellent kung fu movies. And then finally, Matt, here's the kicker for why I think he goes to the top of the list. He's dramatically more successful than they are. Yeah, I mean, we since we have success as one of the like judgment points, the Three Stooges, they got to the top in spite of their lack of success. Jin but... is super successful, and that exit, like his last thing where he knows oh he's going to die, and Running he into just... the sunset, like fighting into a hail of machine gun fire. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I kind of want to just go back and watch it. I'm not going to do that right now, but I want to. So I think Jin... Has got Jin's got to go to the top of the list. Okay, let's do it. Jin is at the top of our list. I love you, Three Stooges. I love you forever. Um, but I think Jin takes it. Now, honestly, if he wasn't such a solid like top choice, I would probably have taken a few points away from the fact that like his weird like skeletal wolf monster form. Was not a super good look. No, that's a dumb look. But I really, I kind of want that to be a separate entry. Because... I don't know. I I feel like we've kind of got to judge it together. Because it is all the same guy. Yeah, it's all the same guy. But it's like a weird transformation. And he's not in control of it. It's just this like... It's like Listen, an hey, affliction, hey, I mean, man. He's, he's, already getting, he's already getting the top spot. We don't need to give him any more favors. Okay, so anyway, so Jin the Demon Fist, top ranking. What's our next spot? Okay, our next spot is a monster whose name I did not recall, but he is called Man of Jar. Man of Jar? And this is yet another, like, a big tubby tough dude like I, when i say tubby oh, wait a minute I mean, wait like, a minute wait a minute he's this like is literally the, dude, the shape of like a tub like is this the he's, dude he's who's a like big jar. invulnerable yeah this is the guy that it's it was actually in the second part of a gin episode which means it's a great episode but um he was just the monster in the background who had somehow trapped all of the other die rangers like in or on his body somehow yes and yeah, yeah, this yeah. is when Ryo had to learn how to kung fu fight by like strapping chains to chains and springs yes. to himself in this weird yeah, yeah, harness. Yeah, and he's got to learn how to like punch hard enough to shatter this dude's whole body, right? 
Yeah. Um, and this is when he goes and he like starts screaming at the dude, like, have a taste of my fist and let's fight. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was a great moment. <laughs> uh, dude, it's it's great. There's there's there are a couple of great moments in that episode. One was when Rio flexed so hard that his spring suit exploded off of him. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, but another one was Rio's uh, transformation sequence in this episode where his eyes light on fire and there's like the big silhouette of his own head behind his head as oh, he transforms. Man. I had completely forgotten about that. Oh man, it's it might be the best like single character transformation in Die Ranger. Oh, wait a minute, Matt. Totally totally as an aside, do yourself a favor and just hop on Google and look for do a GIF search for people going Super Saiyan. Okay. It's just it's just clips of real people getting intense about things and then they have layered over like lightning and fireballs and everything. It's pretty great. Sorry, that oh, was awesome. totally... Anyways, so, what's this dude's name again? What's this dumb clown's name? Uh, Man of Jar. Man now, of here's Jar. Here's the problem okay. with Man of Jar. Is that he's in a great episode, but, like, Man of, Man of Jar sucks, right? Like, Yeah, that's a dumb... He, he's not the main dude. He looks like a jar with arms and legs, which is fine. He's not the worst-looking monster, but I am looking way down near the bottom of the list. Yeah, okay. So, I at least remembered who he was. So I feel like that, and he doesn't get beat by his own powers. So I feel like he has to be higher than Funeral Figure Ventriloquist. Yes, and he is successful to an extent. Like, he beats four out of the five Die Rangers. Yeah, but so does Archbishop Saw. Well, that's true. So, okay, you want to put him above or below Archbishop Saw? I think he goes just below Archbishop Saw. That makes sense. Honestly, he's not as memorable as Archbishop Saw. Yeah, like I was gonna say, like I remembered Archbishop Saw. I didn't remember who this dude even was. So, okay. So coming into the list at number twenty-three is Man of Jars. Man of Jars. Boom. Number twenty-three. How do you feel about that, Man of Jars? Probably not good. Okay, okay. Matt. Who is next on our list? Next on our list, Dave, is actually it's one dude. Who is actually four dudes? Oh man! Yeah, what man. are these called? It's, like the four priests the, of the four kings, uh, the, the four, four kings go- of heaven, the four kings why, of heaven. I don't know why I decided to let you flail around like that. I have it written down right here. No, no, no. That's fine because I knew it was like the four something or others. Okay, so the four kings of heaven. We're not going to do what we did for like the priestesses and the three stooges. This is one monster. Like yeah. it has a its human form is four dudes. But it is effectively like one entity. Yes. So, okay, first of all, they've got a sweet name. And I totally remember who those dudes were. And they look real rad. Yeah, like they look like Raiden. Yeah. Right? They, like, mm-hmm. That is precisely what they look like. I know that when we were watching Die Ranger, we did look up what that garb actually is. Like what manner of monk or priest they're dressed as. Uh, I did not remember to look that up again yeah, no, while we're talking about them now, so I'm not going to just guess, but you yeah, know, you know the they look, look like Raiden, they've got like these cool staves, and uh, they're awesome, and they and their names are the four kings of heaven. It's a great name. It's a cool look, and when they come together, they have like their head is like it's like, imagine if Janice, like the two-faced look, was going in all directions. It's like four faces, each facing a different cardinal direction. It's like the living tribunal. 
It's almost exactly like the Living Tribunal. Yeah, except he's got a neck. A very long neck, because they yeah. needed somewhere to put like the human actor's head, <laughs> which is always like, a weird thing for the costume designers to have to work around. Just throw in this giant neck. Why? I gotta see. Okay, okay so, 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 so those, are the, those are the benefits of the three or the four kings of heaven. Here are the uh, the downsides. Downsides? The downsides of the four kings of heaven is that like whenever they're around, they are very much the lackey of either uh, Goma the Fourteenth or um, Akamaru. Like they never really do their own thing. Yeah, they're just they're like they're top tier lackeys. Yeah, I am gonna say that if we're judging them against a different top tier lackey group, their look is better than the priestesses. Like definitely by kind of a far margin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the three priestesses are more like actual characters. Yeah, they got a lot more personality. Yeah. Then, like the four kings, the four kings of heaven, despite their totally sick name, do basically like they show up and they do a fight, and then I think they get defeated, but they survive and then they fight again. Yeah, there's not actually much going on with them. They just look they're really in, cool and they sound really cool. They're involved in a couple of rituals, but like I don't know if they ever have speaking lines. Uh, I don't think they do. Actually, they pretty much just chant. So if I were to just look at them, I would say that they go above the three priestesses, but I'm going to put them below. So directly below I, yeah, the three I'm down, priestesses. I'm down with that. Directly so, below the three priestesses, we have Copy Empress. Do you like them more or less than Copy Empress? Ooh. Man, that's tough because Copy Empress was a pretty cool episode and a pretty cool monster. But the four and the four kings of heaven were in good episodes. I think I like him better than Copy Empress. I think so. Mm, I'm not sure that I agree with you, but I'll give it to you. No, I'm not. No, no, no. I, I won't go to the mat on that. You think okay, they're yeah, not as cool as Copy Empress? Like, let's put him right below Copy Empress because, and again, like the Copy Empress episode is actually an episode about Copy Empress. You know exactly. And I feel like that locks her in a lot more as like the memorability factor. Okay. Who's up next after the Four Kings of Heaven, Matt? Okay, so that has been, uh, gosh, we only got through three monsters, but it's been about 15, 20 minutes, um, and I don't want to take up too much time with this. Look forward to another full Creature Royale episode coming up, hopefully sometime Soon? in the next couple of weeks. Um, but for now, Dave, we've got to get to business. And business, our special business today, is watching episode 47 <laughs> Oh, Chosen Sentai Jetman. It is called The Glory of Emperor Tranza. And we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So we've just finished watching episode 47 of Jetman, uh, The Glory of Emperor Tranza. Dave, how did this episode make you feel? <laughs> I, uh, it was cool. Like, it was a great episode. Yep. Until the last, mmm... Minute and a half to two minutes? Still great, but dude, we we are officially in the phase where Jetman is done screwing around. It is, yeah, dude, Jetman is raw. Jetman is raw in a way that Die Ranger never was. Oh, absolutely. Die Ranger is weird, and it doesn't make any sense. It makes a kind of sense. But... 
Okay, first of all, I refute that statement. Hey, but, we, Dave, we have a whole episode about how it does kind of make sense. I know. I literally just listened to it today. <laughs> okay, so, dude, let's get into this episode. We are in the Viren Dimension. Maria is playing that one song. So I, I got the impression that Maria just knew how to play piano. I think that's wrong. I think Maria knows how to play <laughs> one song. But she knows it really well. She is apparently real good at that song, but she knows one song. And then we look over in Tranza, and Tranza has a giant gun. And when I say giant, I mean as big as a man. It, it's a cable I'm gun. I'm going to say. It, it yeah, is a, it's a cable. It is a Nathan Christopher Dayspring Ascani Sons Summers gun. Mm-hmm. This thing is this thing has got to be six feet long. It's ridiculous. Oh, so it, he's got it, this giant it, gun. It's, if it's a foot, it's six. And dear listeners, yeah. <laughs> it's at least a foot. I mean, come on. So Maria is at the piano. She stops playing the piano. She remembers Radigat, like with concern. And I just, I'm going to say it again. Maria, Radigat is not your dude. Like, you guys are not friends. Okay, here's my thought on that, because you are 100% right. Like, she is concerned and should not be based on their previous relationship. But I feel like perhaps she is more concerned that the balance in the Viram commanders has shifted with Radigat gone. Okay, I would buy that. And maybe that is what she's supposed to be thinking. But what we actually have is her playing sad piano music and saying, Radigat, and thinking about like the good times or something. Well, I mean, Anyways. the good times in this case is like Radigat stumbling down a tunnel, like zapping electricity out of his wounded body. Which, I mean, for the, the Virum, Virum, that's the Virum a pretty Virum. good time. Yes, and say, they've got, they're twisted. They're interdimensional, like, genocidal conquerors. So she stands up and kind of, like, does a dramatic pose by the piano. And then Tranza plunks out some notes. And as soon, this is a cool moment, actually. I thought this was rad. As soon as Tranza, like, walks up behind Maria and plunks out these couple of notes, Gray, who was just sitting there, like, jumps up and is ready to go. Yeah, it's like, you do not mess with Maria and you do not mess with her piano. And so, but he doesn't do anything because Trans is cool. He just says, ah, you're thinking about Radigat. He's probably dead. And I'm going to do the same thing to the Jetman because, like, that's the whole point of the show. Right. So we go from there to Rie's grave. Rie's grave. Yes. Ryu is so there. Got- he's, he's bringing some flowers, as is his custom. And he sort of, like, kneels down and is talking to the grave, who he knows is empty. That's an empty this, grave. Yeah. He remembers Maria. And he's like, Maria, next time I Rie, next time I see you, I'm gonna save you. I'm gonna turn you back into Rie. Dude, then why are you putting flowers down? He has a very strange relationship with Rie. Like and what his is memory. going Like his whole thing is that anyway, okay. So as he's doing that, this dude in a white suit who is we can't see his face, but it's clearly Tranza. And it is. Yeah. This dude in a white suit rolls by. He walks past Ryu. Oh, dude, this is the most... Oh, man. It's the most baller move. Okay. It's so good. Here is what Tranza has done. He has taken the time, ahead of time, to have a gravestone made for Ryu Tendo. And he placed and he it has- in the graveyard, but, like, not right next to Rie's grave. Like, 
close enough, though, so that the next time Ryu shows up to put flowers on Rie's grave, Tranza shows up to put flowers on Ryu's grave while he is standing there. It's it's incredible. It's this... Oh, dude, it is such a baller move. So, because like it takes Ryu a second. Because he looks over, he's like, huh, that's weird. There's like normally nobody else here. And he sees Tranza walking by... And he sees the grave. He's like, Ryu, what? Impossible. And he runs over and he kind of like jumps in front of Tranza. And he's like, oh, it's you, you're Tranza. And Tranza's like, yes, obviously it's me. Yeah, dude, get, get hip to this. And he takes right. off his sunglasses and he looks up and he says like, Red Hawk, I hope you enjoy the flowers I've brought you. Oh my gosh. And then he oh, throws man. the flowers up in Ryu's face. And then all of a sudden, the sky is red and there are rose petals flying everywhere. Oh man. And he so he fights with, he's actually fighting like with the flowers for a second as though it's like a, a club or a sword or something. He knocks Ryu back. Emperor Transit does like a little transformation thing. And... Then he just does like these. He says, "This is it, or this is the end of the line for you, Red Hawk." And he uses his Nintendo Power Glove to explode Ryu. But at that moment, Ryu cross changes, so he survives. So they're fighting through this graveyard, and like for a moment, I think that they have been transported to like a different graveyard dimension somehow. Because that's actually what I thought as well. The sky is red, and all of the tombstones are like slightly like to the side a little bit like they're kind of like half knocked over and it looks like oh this is like a spooky ghost graveyard but it turns out that is not the case because like I forget exactly what Transit does but he does some move and he manages to like knock Ryu back up against a big stone cross and then he like kind of crucifies him like he uses chains but Ryu is definitely like up on this cross in what I'm just going to call the classic pose. Yeah, the, the, the pose that it's, you're familiar with. Yeah, it's an uncomfortable moment. I'm not going to lie. So, so then, then he, like, he snaps his fingers and the sky turns normal again. But like Ryu's vision has that weird like hazy around the edge effect that it has when he's remembering Rie. And he looks yeah, over... Except- this is happening right now, so I'm not sure why he has that, but... I, I think it's Transa messing with his head, because he looks oh. over and he sees an empty swing swinging, which, if you remember, like, the last time this it was a, is... a Rie-heavy episode, he was having that sort of, like, hallucination of Rie on the swing, right? Oh, and so dang! The, dang, Transa! So the swing is empty and then transa like materializes on the swing and is like mocking ryu while he is like taking the place of rie in ryu's memories while ryu is like chained to a cross in a messed up graveyard with his own tombstone in it dude transa like transa has been planning this for at least an afternoon Well, yeah, he's not building giant robots anymore. He just got time on his hands. So uh, we flip from there to the city real quickly, and we just see Humanigate sort of stumbling around and discharging lightning bolts, and then we go back to the park. So oh, he's we also see Ryu screaming Tranza. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I, what I should say is pretty much any time that you see Humanigate in this episode, and we don't explicitly tell you that he's not doing it or that he's saying something else, you could just assume. 
that that dude is screaming the name of his enemy. Yes, over and pretty, over yeah, again. Pretty with much no other words connected to it. Yeah. So we go to the park. Ryu is up on this stone cross. The jetmen arrive. Trans is like, ah, oh, good, you jerks are here. And Guy cuts Ryu down, and then, like, the fight is about to get started, but then Transit just blows them up. Like, he just Nintendo Power Glove blasts them, and that's it. It's, well, that's not it, but, like, he blows them all up. And it's fun, because they start getting into a fight, and, you know, like, Ryu is fighting, and Guy's fighting. There, there's a bit where uh, Akko and Kaori go to do Akko's patented move where she does gymnastics near a person, and that bothers yep. him at them. But like it's sure. this, it goes back and forth, and they're just doing like handsprings back and forth next to Transa, and he just kind of looks at them like, "Guys, what are you? What, what are you doing? Even, what are you doing?" And like, so they you're not even go trying to... to kick me. You're just you're just doing handsprings. So <laughs> they do like a simultaneous jump attack, and he just teleports behind them and does like a ground strike that shoots like like a bolt of energy through the ground that blows them up. Guy does this sick, like spin, like jumping, spinning barrel roll punch with a, with the wing gauntlet, which is, it doesn't do anything, but it looks rad. And then Raita is, is maybe the most successful. Raita just runs over and manages to like grapple him. And he spins trans. So he picks him up, he spins him out and then throws him against a tree but then Transa just like Emperor Transa, sorry. And then Emperor Transa just kind of like flips in midair, pushes off the tree, and then punches Raita in the face. And then, and then, then we from, find out what this from out of giant nowhere, gun is. A gun the size of Transa appears in his hands. And so, why well, he's their dimensional whatever? I know, I know. Man. It's he just, like it's, summons it's it. It's so comically large that every time it appears out of nowhere, I like broke out laughing. <laughs> so this it turns out this gun is called the Bio Wave, or like that's the name of the thing. It, it he just yells Bio Wave whenever he shoots it. So it's the Bio Wave gun, and he hits Rita, and it turns Rita into like a framed death mask yeah like it's like a stone sculpture of Rita's face not his actual face mind you just the face of of yellow owl like the helmet face and it's in a frame and there's a little plaque underneath it that says in English yellow owl yes and then like transit picks it up and he's like well you know taxidermists take uh, trophies of their prey, and that's what I'm doing, which is so the second time we've seen this. Yeah, he does do this, doesn't well, he? No, because Gray had done it before. Or oh, Sniper right. Cat, I guess, had actually done it. So this is the second time that Raita has been a trophy. That's that's rough. That's got a weigh on you, like, psychologically, I feel like. Yeah, like, I've been mounted twice, like, stuffed and mm. mounted twice. So there's an explosion. Like, Transit does another... Like, he just... This is his move. He's got, like, one... He's. It's, I think it's actually, like, a big red button on his power glove. And he hits the button, and there's big explosions. Yeah, and that's because, it. obviously, the rest so, of the Jetmen were like, hey, well, we, we would like to have that Transa... I'm sorry, that Radig... Uh, not Transa or Radigate. Those are different people. I'm neither talking, one of those dudes. I'm talking about Raita. They would desperately like to have that Raita black back. Uh, but he does the explosion to sort of scatter them. So they, yeah, they scatter, but Ryu, dude, goes off a cliff. And so not, Ryu, like, not like a little they, cliff. 
No, this is, I feel deeply that there should have been, this is a public park. There should have been some kind of handrail or something. Man, you've really been on like a handrail kick recently. Listen, man, uh, occupational safety saves lives. Listen, Dave, horror movies don't work if people have cell phones. Action movies don't work if people have handrails. It's just the way it's got to be. <laughs> So he jumped, so he goes off the, this cliff. Uh, the chief freaks out as because well, she's like watching this whole thing. The chief calls the retreat. She says, "Guys, you got to get out of there." At first, it looks like they won't, and then guy is actually the one showing a remarkable degree of growth, of uh, personal growth as like a team member and a leader. Says, "No, guys, we do. We're like we we got to go." So they run, okay, and then and the most incredible thing in this entire series happens. Like, they're about to lose, they decide to run away, and Tranza follows them. Oh my gosh. Tranza doesn't it just was... let them go home. He's like, no, I I came here to biowave these guys. I got my biowave I'm gonna gun. I'm going to do it. I'm a biowave them. <laughs> so, we follow Akko first. So, Akko is just running. We flipped out of the creek bed for like a hot second, and we see Ryu on the ground, and he's like, he's alive, but just barely, right? Right. And who should find him, having somehow come out from the city and out into like the park and woods, but Humanigate, obviously. I mean, who else was going to find him, really? Yeah, I know. This is, you know, obviously that's what was going to happen. Like, the laws of narrative causality demand it. So, Humanigate finds him, and then we cut away from there. We go back to the city. Akko is running. This is like a horror movie style thing. Like Akko is running, Tranza is sort of walk following, and everywhere that Akko runs, Tranza is somehow always just like right behind her. Right. So we cut back down to uh, the battered body of Ryu, but he has been, he's sort of coming to and realizing that he has been bandaged up. And he sees humanity yeah, somebody. standing over there and says, oh, um, who, who are you? Thank you for helping right, me, cause- but what's up, dude? <laughs> Because Ryu does not recognize him. And Humanigan just says, he doesn't tell him his name. He just says, all you all you need to know is that I am also somebody who hates Tranza. So, like, let's do it. Again, Radigat, so villainous. Just straight up willing to betray the Viram in order to kill the Jetman yourself. And kill Tranza. So, we go from there. Oh, and I think he, like, he sort of, like, helps him up. And they start walking. And Ryu is sort of like, he's got his arm, you know the thing, like he's got his arm around humanity yeah. and sort of walking together, right? So we cut back to Akko, and Akko thinks that she has lost uh, transit because she like snuck into a doorway, and then she ran up to a rooftop, and then she jumped across the alleyway to another rooftop, and she's looking around like, yes, I did it, good for me, my super jumps came in very handy. Everything is red, except obviously it's not. Trans appears on a different roof, like across the street, but like a couple stories up, and he biowaves her, and then she's also a black. Yes. And that's that. So, writes it down, Akko down, they're both plaques. Now, there is a funny thing that happens as these people get zapped and turned into plaques, which is that the plaques were designed to look like the face mask of the Jetman, right? As we previously said. Yes. But to get like the true horror of the moment of running away, they're not transformed in this scene so they can do more sort of, you know, face acting, I guess. 
And so every time they're about to get shot, to be able to justify having both of these two things, they cross-change, like, as they are being shot in this last moment of desperation. And, like, the first time you see it, it's kind of, like, you don't think about it, but it's going to happen another two times in a row. It's like, guys, listen, it just gets increasingly unlikely. Okay, there's, oh, there actually, there's another quick scene with Humanica and Ryu, but it's boring. Forget it. Yeah, they they continue to walk in a park. Yeah, like, they're walking. I don't, like, why would you even put that scene in? I guess just to, I don't know, they're having, they're still struggling? Whatever. So, we go from there. The struggle continues, Dave. The struggle is real for Humanica and Ryu. So, we go from there into Kaori, and Kaori is running through a mall. So, okay, so Akko is just running kind of in the street, right? And it's, like, a little bit weird, but she's just moving quickly. Like, she's not saying anything, right? Kaori is running through this mall in, like, very obvious distress. Oh, she is like, losing she is her upset. mind. Like, yeah, she is freaking out. She's, like, running up the elevator. She's pushing past people. Uh, like, she's almost crying. And nobody does anything. Like, they don't even, even when she's, like, pushing past people, they may as well be mannequins. At no point does anybody react to Kaori's presence at all. And I'm not talking, like, Kim Cattrall mannequins, like, ones that come to life sometimes, just, like, regular ones that are in a mall. Oh, wow, I thought you were just saying something really mean about Kim Cattrall there for a second? No, Kim Cattrall was in the movie Mannequin. Man, I don't know. Listen, Dave, uh, I, I feel like that, that's, that's a cultural touch point everyone knows, right? <laughs> Mannequin, is, Game Control, Dude, movie. I literally, I literally have never even heard of this movie. What? Oh, really? Dude, th- just, there, are, there are two Mannequin movies. There's Mannequin with Game Control, where uh, she comes to life. And then there is, I was just listening on a different podcast, uh, How Did This Get Made? They were talking about uh, Mannequin 2 which is not actually about a regular mannequin that comes to life, but is instead about, like, a medieval princess who is cursed by a wizard to become, like, a statue. And then she is a mannequin also in, like, the 80s and comes back to life. No, dude, I've never heard of this movie. Like, am I the crazy one? I, like, I listen... As the dude well, who has okay, not no, I, seen or heard of Mannequin starring Kim Cattrall, I feel like I'm the winner here, but I am sort of surprised that you're just like, oh yeah, this movie, and I've literally never heard of it. Anyways. I feel like the real crazy person is the one who decided that Mannequin needed a sequel about a medieval <laughs> princess cursed by a wizard. <laughs> um, so I think that both of us can confidently not be the crazy one here. <laughs> so Kauri is running through this mall. She's freaking out. She runs into this elevator, closes the door, and then somebody, like, we hear somebody laughing. It's Tranza. He's dressed as an elevator, like, attendant now. And he turns around and he says, you could say this is an elevator to hell. And then he has, <laughs> he's got the gun. And it's in, okay, so the elevator is like, it's, a, it's one of those small ones, right? So it's like a glass-walled elevator. And so he's got the gun. But the gun is like six feet long. It's, it's the and size elevator. of the elevator. 
And so it's just Kauri and uh, Tranza circling around each other. But the stupid gun takes up the entire length of the space they're in. And then it kind of it, it zooms away. It zooms away and you just hear Kauri yell cross changer and he yells by a wave at the same time. And then he says something like, I got you. So but the visual of them <laughs> rotating is it was it was really great. wonderful. It's something else. <laughs> so, okay, so we go from there back to the park, and re- like for some reason they're just walking. Like nobody, I think it's actually the same cliff. They're walking by a cliff just for no reason, like perilously close. And the thing is, I don't because I feel like the. What has happened is that they have climbed that cliff and have finally gotten to the top. But there's no reason yeah, okay. for them to have done that because it's not like he fell into a pit. Like he just fell into a different part of the park. They could have just left out of that part. Like I'm sure Radigat oh. knew how they had gotten in. He found him there. They literally could have oh, just, just walked figured. down the street, but they decided to climb the cliff with reused, like, ruined body, and then he decides to fall <laughs> off as soon as they get to the top. I figured that they had just, like, delooped the long way around and were now kind of walking out, you know, because, like, whatever. I just figured they were... But they're so close! They're, like, right... They're close enough that Ryu literally... Nothing even happens. Ryu just slips and then goes over the cliff edge. Yes, but thankfully... Uh, Humanigate is there for him, and he grabs his hand to stop him from falling to his almost certain doom. And But Humanigate, like, he is not, like, he's stretched out on the ground, and he is grabbing a handhold also, right? So he's grabbing a handhold, and he's got Ryu with one hand, and then Ryu is saying, like, let us, no, you have to let me go, like, we'll both die. I really don't know I guess he would just drag him down and they would die. Yeah, I think that's the idea. So he's like, he doesn't want to accidentally pull this dude who had saved him down off of the cliff. So, like, just please let me go and then you'll at least be safe. But Humanica, we see Humanica's hand and it's, like, bloody as it's gripping the handhold. So he's, like, really super trying. And I, I guess Humanica just saves him somehow. We don't actually see it happen. But they're fine. Well, we, we see the moment of resolve where he says, like, no, like, I'm a warrior and you're a bo- warrior. I'm not letting go. And then we just cut away oh, because, of right. course, once they both declare that they're warriors, I mean, there's nothing else you really need to say. Yeah, so no, you know that's a foregone conclusion. Obviously, they'll be totally fine. have two warriors fall off a cliff. So we're <laughs> back to the quarry. And this is a motorcycle chase because, of course, so guys on a motorcycle. Trans is also on a motorcycle chasing him. I was deeply disappointed to notice that Trans's motorcycle, like, it's literally just a motorcycle. They didn't throw on any kind of, like, they just didn't put any jazz on it, man. Dave, it's already a rad dirt bike. I don't know how much more jazz you need on it. I just, man, I don't know. I want some, like, dimensional doodads or, like, some, I don't, I don't know. I just want some stuff on it. I can, I, but it does I have machine it. guns, Dude, if you could so put some cool. neon lights on that thing, too, a dirt bike with neon lights... Yeah, that's all I want. I'm a man of simple tastes. <laughs> but it does have mo- uh, machine guns on it, so that's cool. So Transit, like, he shoots machine guns at Guy. Guy goes down. Like, no, 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 sorry. He stops off the bike. This is awesome. I like I like Guy a lot for this. Everybody else just runs. Guy eventually turns around and is like, all right, man. Like, if we're going to do this, let's just do it. So he jumps at Transa. 
gets exploded, I think. I think actually what happens is that like Guy is jumping to punch Transa as Transa is jumping to kick Guy and like Transa gets to Guy oh, okay. first. Yeah. And just like kicks him up in the air. Guy sort of lands on a thing, like a platform. Yeah, like a and yeah. like he cross changes and is jumping back down towards like to renew his attack. But in his dive, he of course gets bio waved. Bio wave. So that's it. So now the only one left is Ryu. And it's actually speaking of, Ryu and Humanica like come around the corner. They're at the quarry. So now it's Ryu, Humanica, Tranza. Tranza does not recognize Radigat either. Yes, which is weird because I feel like he should have recognized him from the last time he turned into Humanigate. I no, I don't think so, dude. Last time he was Humanigate, that was entirely self-contained. Oh, that's right. Yeah, nobody has ever seen like except the girl. Nobody has ever seen Humanigate and Radigate actually transform or whatever. This is totally. This is still his secret. Nobody knows this. So there is... Ryu kind of like stumbles forward. Oh, sorry, he cross changes. Natch. Sure. And then there's a short fire fight. There's the beak smasher versus the bio wave. Like they both take a couple of shots. Nobody hits. And then Ryu sort of falls back and Transit is about to shoot the bio wave at him again. But Radigate walks up and grabs Ryu's like sword hand. It's like, you know, it's holding the bringer sword. And he says, we'll both put our energies into your sword. It's the only way. And Ryu nods and, okay. as though this makes sense. No, no, no. He like there's a, he says something. I think he says like, huh? Like he expresses some sort of like, wait, what? Like he doesn't have time to think about it. But I was really happy because he did at least, exp- I thought, express some sort of consternation at this total rando just being like, yeah, 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 I'll put my energy into it too. It'll be great. Okay, you're right. No, he does do that thing. He doesn't act as though it makes sense. He does go along with it as though it's a sane plan. Well, listen, man. Uh, Ryu is pretty much out of options at this point. Like, he doesn't have... Dave, this is it. Dave I'm trying to make jokes about how stupid this is, and you're just explaining how it actually works. And I don't need that. I need your <laughs> comedy backup here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just... I really dug this moment. This was great, because I was like, all right, man, Ryu doesn't know what's happening, but he's... Like, here's a guy. He's like, I'll put my energy in the sword. He's like, oh, dude, I don't even know, but all right. Sure, man, I'll you got energy, works. go to town. <laughs> <laughs> right, just make it happen. So they try to. So, jeez. Uh, so Emperor Transa shoots the bio wave, and they sort of uh, they sort of Yoda it like with the. You know what I'm saying? Like when he catches the force lightning and he throws it back. Like that's what they do. Yeah. So like it sort of collects on the sword and they shoot it back at him, and then Radigat does this great move because like he's watched the Jetmen fight so many times he knows exactly what they did this is so rad so he like takes a few steps in front of uh, Ryu and he says like now Red Hawk you need to fly and he puts his arms out and lets Ryu do that thing where like the Jetmen jump on each other's shoulders to get like a flying boost to like do their attack properly it's dude it was sweet Okay, so Ryu jumps off. He uh, he hits Humanigate's... Or no, I'm sorry. He jumps off Humanigate's shoulders. He hits Tranza. And... And they kind of get, yeah, get into down. like a scuffle. 
Yeah. And as they're coming up, like, Transit gets the better of him and has his sword to Ryu's throat. And now... That's right. I was about to mess that up. And Humana gets walking towards him. And Transit says, like, ah, ha, ha. Like, stop what you're doing or I'll murder Red Hawk. And Radigat just starts laughing at them because, of course, he doesn't care if Red Hawk dies. This is so slick. So his eyes, like, glow and catch on fire. Not actually, but, like, you know. And then kind of there's this horizontal beam of light that flashes out of them, and then he has, like, a lightning bolt or something that hits him, and Radigat is back, okay? So now Radigat is back. Both Red Hawk and Trenza are completely confused about anything. Like, they're just, neither of them have any idea as to what's going on now. And Radigat... And- uh, <laughs> so Radigat turns to Tranza and he drops the sickest burn. Do you remember this one, Dave? Did you have it written down? Yeah. He says, Tranza, you're a shooting star. When you get bright, you know you're about to fall. Which is so great. Because it's like, you know, because Tran was just, you know, he was the kid in the early part. And then when he becomes Emperor Tranza, like, he really starts to shine bright. And Radigat's like, dude, you, you're burning out early, man. Like, you know. You do not have the staying power of a man like the Radigat. <laughs> so he says, I don't need Red Hawk anymore. This over. And so he is, he says, now I'll just kill you both. Awesome. So he shoots some sort of energy blast for reasons that make no sense to me. Tranza actually shifts Red Hawk behind him and like takes the shot. And then, Which I don't get at all. I, I don't know what was happening there. I don't even know if that was like a thing that happened on purpose. What I do know is that we're now going into a part of the fight where like Red Hawk now has to fight both of them at the same time and impossibly is actually doing a good job. Because at this point, yeah, like Tranza is beat up enough that he's sort of able to hold him off. And I think Radigat is probably like still powering up or something. I don't know, man. Ryu is burning all of his action points. Dude goes straight nuts. Manages to get off. It's the Beak Smasher that he does. What finishes him off, right? Yeah, well, he puts he puts the two guns together. So I think that's the well, Beak that's Smasher. Right. Power up. Power up, Beak Smasher. Transa goes down. His power glove breaks. And as his power glove breaks, all of those, like, plaques of the other Jetman come back into, like, they appear in the quarry, and they turn back into the Jetman. Right. So the Jetmen are cool. They're like, we're going to finish this off once and for all. They call down Jet Striker, power up. They blast with that sick Phoenix fireball thing that the Jet Striker does. Transit explodes. And scene. Next, okay, we see Tranza. He's at the bottom of a hill, like at the bottom of the quarry. Radigat walks up. And Tranza I'm going to pause here like, for a second. Tranza is messed up. Like his face is all He's bleeding. messed up. He's I'm smoking. Gonna, okay. His armor is like Hold, broken to pieces. Yeah. So I'm going to pause here for a minute because the next part of, like the last part of this show, let's, okay, let's say this. Radigat defeats Tranza. And trans is gone forever. All right. Yeah. That's how it actually. I mean, that is what happens. 
But that's a very, that's a brief overview of what's about to happen. But the last part of this show is like 100% not for kids. I cannot believe that they put this on television in a a kid's show. So here's the deal. I'm going to stop talking for like five seconds. I'm going to have you pause it. Don't listen. If you listen to this show with your kids, don't listen to this part with your kids. This is just for you. This is some grown-up time. Super Sentai Brothers. Not like a weird way. I'm just saying. Yeah. Because I don't want to skip it. I, yeah, we're not going to skip but it. But it's raw. Unimaginably raw. Okay. So just to say, we're going to pause. Okay. Now we're back. Matt, what the sweet did we just watch? I cannot believe. Oh, okay. Okay. So here's what happens. Radigat is standing over Tranza. He stabs him in the hand. Okay. Radigat is writhing on the ground in pain. Tranza. Like, sorry, Tranza, Tranza. Radigat's fine. Tranza's like writhing on the ground in pain. And Radigat says, What's my name? Oh. He flips oh, it. Oh, dude. He found the script. He flips that script. And he flipped it around. So, okay. so, so he says, just, what's... So at this point, Tranza is just screaming like, it's Radigat. Like, your name is Radigat. Dude, just like, let me up, please. And okay, because so, there's like two or three seconds in between. And this whole time, Radigat is literally standing on his hand and just freaking grinding that sword into Tranza's hand. And eventually, eventually, after like three times, he leans down real close. He's like, "Is it just?" So he says, "Soft, soft and gentle." Is it just Radigat? Yeah. And now Transa figures that out. He's just like, "Lord Radigat!" And here is what I think Transa thought was going to happen: was that he was now going to be like subservient to Radigat, and they would finish out the last couple of episodes. And beat the Jetman once and for all. But that's not what happens to Transa. That is what happens at all. Radigat walks away. He says, I won't kill you. You'll just fear my name forever as you live out the rest of your life in like the human world. Now you might think that that means that Transa loses his power and just has to be like, I don't know, a garbage man or something. Nope. Transa does lose his power. But here's the next thing we see. We see a dude, we see a hospital. We're about to find out is a psychiatric hospital. There is a dude who, like an orderly, rolls a dude out in a wheelchair. It's Tranza. Tranza is all bandaged up. He's like drooling. Literally drooling, guys. He's like, he's so out of it. That, ju- that like drool is he's drooling he's and a so drooling the, the, vegetable okay the, the two orderlies who are there talk to each other and they say hey do we have any idea who this guy is and they say no like I does don't think anybody we'll know? know because his mind is gone his mind is totally destroyed and the doctors say he'll never recover and then they wheel him down the hallway a gate, like a barred gate, shuts behind him. And then he starts freaking out and yelling, forgive me, 
as the orderlies rush in to like subdue slash like beat him down, restrain him. And that's the end of the episode. That is where we leave our heroes. Yeah, dudes. Like I said, like that. Remember that? Remember that tomato king? (laughs) Tomato king was pretty fun, right? Dude, tomato king was so fun. I'm going to go watch Tomato King right now. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Dude, Dude, I did not. Let me tell you, Dave. Like, you need to get ready. Because I know I've told you before, but Jetman is raw, and it's coming for you. Like, this show is about to end, and it has not only pulled out all the stops, it has set those stops on fire, and it has thrown them down a hill, and stabbed them in the hand, and made them tell him who his name was. <laughs> Dude, I don't... Okay, listen, I'm committed. We're going to watch this show. Oh, my gosh. Um. Okay, so Matt... Hi, do you have a high point for this episode? Dude, this episode is great. Like, I know this last couple of minutes has made it sound like maybe we have some, like, negative opinions about it. But, like, the only sort of negative opinion I have on this episode is that, like, maybe it is not necessarily great for its target audience. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, like, if this were just, dude, this is, a li- I'm 33, and I would not regularly watch a show where like this happened. But yeah, this is a killer episode. Like it's real solid. This is some like Game of Thrones stuff. And I'm assuming <laughs> that that's the case cuz I don't watch Game of Thrones, but that's what I've heard. Um so my That's uh yeah, that's legit. I stopped watching it cuz it got too raw, but I still watch Jetman apparently. <laughs> so uh, so Matt, what is your high point for this episode? Okay, honestly, you know, let me just let me just take an easy one. My high point of the episode was the scene in the elevator where they were trying to negotiate, or, like, moving around that gun. <laughs> I just deeply hope that the actors got super annoyed. They were like, oh, I thought this prop was going to be cool. Who wrote this stupid scene? <laughs> uh, oh, what about you? What's your high point? I I think my high point has got to be when Humanigate turns back into Radigate and is just like suckers like i had this whole thing like let's do it and and like nobody saw it coming they're completely surprised i just thought it was like a really cool moment oh wait no sorry my high point was when transa showed up to the graveyard at reuse grave oh jeez dang it that's also a really good scene so much happened in this episode that i legitimately forgot about that while we were doing our recap like when we were going through it just now man uh, okay, do you have a high point or a low point? Rather, sorry, we already the whole thing. The whole thing is good. High points. Uh, high points abound. Low point. I mean, I kind of want to say how raw it is, but I also love that, so I don't know if I can really count it as a low point. What about you? The only thing I can think of is that I kind of thought the like the plaques of the diary of the diarangers, the jetman, were kind of dumb. Oh. Like I feel like they could have done that same. Yeah, they were real cheap thing looking. with like a. Yeah, they could have done like a similar vibe, but just actually made it look cool. I thought they were real, real lame looking. I mean, we know that they already that, had dude, like this... those little pedestal shampoo toppers, right? I mean, those were also kind of dumb, but whatever. So that's that's about all I got, man. So, so we'll do this again soon, and we will for sure watch some more Jet Man. Yeah, man, it's gonna be great. Oh, but I think that's it, it for uh, this week. Yes, uh, we are tapped. 
Uh, that is going to do it for another episode of the Jetman with the Golden Gun. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentibros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week.